This is the Monday, June 13th edition of the Daily Wedge Podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for this evening, so settle in and we'll set you up in about 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Happy New Week to you. It's Monday, June 13th. Tyler Folger, Manita Marks with you. We finally get to see a very, very crucial Game 5 of the NBA Finals after a couple days off this weekend. Warriors and Celtics back in action tonight in San Francisco. Series knotted up at two apiece after Steph's 43-point effort propelled the Warriors to a Game 4 victory. Coming back home, Right now, the Warriors are favored by about four points, depending on where you're shopping. Three and a half, four points. Total around 211. Um, Anita, let's start with side and total. How are you uh, expecting to play either of those markets before we jump into the prop market? Yeah, so listen, um, I'm sorry. Did Curry have a foot injury? Are you sure? <laughs> that was seem like it. Like- like, so, you know, as you know, I host Sports Talk Radio here in New York City uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And I, I over under how many times I use the word bamboozled because I feel we were, you know, and, and my producer, uh, Ty, made an excellent point. Was there any report of an MRI? I mean, think about it, Ty. How often are, are injuries happening, whether it's basketball baseball football? And we hear like, oh, players getting an MRI on Monday or players getting an MRI. Like we didn't, that wasn't reported. Like shame, like listen, and shame on me. But also we had a lot of like boots on the ground in Boston and all we kept on hearing, right? Ty was like, oh, uh, um, uh, Curry was going to be compromised, right? So I bought into it and you and I talked about it. You know, I've been on this Warriors team for a while and the only reason that I came to the dark side and I know that's your side, Tyler, um, was because of the Curry injury and the fact that Golden State had lost home court advantage. Well, I know I'm going to sound wishy-washy to our listeners here, and that's fine. I've got thick skin. It's all right. Come at me. I don't care. But I'm laying the points with the Warriors. I still believe that they're the better team, especially at home. Now this series, it's all tied up. So what happens? It's a three-game series now. So I'm playing the Warriors. I'm going to lay the points at three and a half. I'm going to play the team total over 106 and a half. Boston dominates the second quarter. They have a plus 44 point differential in this series. So I'll play Boston in the second quarter and I'll continue to ride the Warriors in the third quarter. They're 4-0 straight up and against the spread in the third quarter. Uh, That's the most time, by the way, I I came across this in prepping for the show today, the most time that both Curry and Wiggins are on the court at the same time is in the third quarter. And that's a big reason why they dominate the third quarter, especially in this series. So Back at the Chase Center, they're 5-1 and one against the spread. Let's be honest, the only reason that the, uh, the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion, lost uh, at the Chase Center was that fourth quarter unbelievable performance by the Celtics going 40 against 16. So, you know, game two, they won by 19 points. They've got a 119 offensive rating at the Chase Center. On top of that, I know Boston is 7-0 and after a loss. I know that's the other trend that we need to be paying attention to. That's why I, I, I mention it. But I'm really curious about Rob Williams. You know, one of my favorite prop bets in uh, game four was under two and a half blocks and steals because the game after a 24-period downtime, Rob Williams does not play more than 15 minutes. He played 31 minutes. So that trend, 
was discontinued by the Boston Celtics in game four. And he had to be removed off the court with the last few minutes and he was limping. So I'm really curious. I do expect Rob Williams to play. Listen, whoever wins this game, in my opinion, wins the series. So um, I do believe expect him to play, but like at what percentage, right? Um, Another cross country road trip. This will be their fourth in six games. Is fatigue playing a factor, especially is the turnover ratio we're seeing with the Boston Celtics. So all those reasons why I'm playing this the way I am. I have a ton of prop bets, but I want to hear what you have to say about the game before I get into my prop bets. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I'm uh, going to take the points with the Celtics. I will lay the points with the Warriors in the third quarter and r- ride that trend um, because especially now that they're back at home, I, I have a lot of confidence in that. But uh, I, I think getting in the Celtics four points when they have been so resilient all season, all postseason, bouncing back from losses. Um, I like the Celtics in six games. So to do that, they have to win this game. I think um, we're getting value on them uh, because of the recency bias of seeing Steph go for 43 and Golden State get that victory. I wonder if we're just um, giving Golden State a little bit too much credit for a certainly a possible outcome for Steph. He can go for 40 in a game, but I'm going to um, suggest it's more likely uh, and more probable that we see a little bit of scoring regression from him. If he scores you know, 33 points. It's still not a bad effort, but that's 10 less from Steph there. And I think that's very well within the, uh, um, you know, possible uh, outcomes of this game and probable outcomes of this game. So I think Steph will be good, but I just don't know if he'll have 43. So I think that kind of lowers the ceiling a little bit of Golden State, even though they're at home and they have been awesome at home. It's just the one loss there uh, so far this postseason. I like like Boston to actually win this game, so I'll take the four points and give myself a little bit of cushion in case they lose a close one by three or less. And again, I will ride that third quarter trend um, with the Golden State Warriors and lay the point and a half there. So that's the way I'm looking at this game. We're kind of on opposite sides there. We've been – Zigging and zagging, I feel like, on opposite sides for pretty much this entire series, except for uh, uh, game four. Um, I do think it's an under environment. Um, again, if Boston wins, they win with defense. The defense of Golden State gets better at home anyway. So 211 is not a lot, but uh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that total goes under. And if one team really, really goes under its team total, I, of course, would be looking at uh, the Golden State Warriors since I like Boston to win this game slightly. All right, prop market, you said you got a zillion out there. <laughs> the people, Anita. I said, I said, I've got, I've got a plethora. Um, uh, yeah, you might look at it as uh, a zillion. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm rolling with Curry, right? Like, you know, these are the games where like legacies are defined. So I'm gonna go Curry over 30 and a half points back at home at the Chase Center. I'm also gonna go. This is a fun bet, Tyler. Consecutive threes, where and 50 percent of the shots that are taken from Curry are behind the arc. So I think this is a really, really, really good bet to make, um, especially because of the, uh, the, 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 uh, the value here. It's plus 370 that Steph Curry is going to make two three-pointers in a row. How about that? Might be my favorite bet tonight, I'll be honest with you. He's averaging 34 points a game. He's shooting 50% from the field and from downtown. He's averaging five three-pointers a game. He's playing 37 minutes. Who knows? Maybe he plays 40 tonight. Um, I'm going to go back to the well with Wiggins over 24 and a half points and rebounds, 16 rebounds in game four. He's averages eight a game. He's averaging 37 minutes. It is evident that the Golden State Warriors, I think a big reason why they won game four was their offensive rebounding, right? So they had 16 offensive rebounding, 16 offensive rebounds. 
that equated to 19 second chance points. In game three, Boston had 15 offensive rebounds that equated to 22 offensive points. So, uh, well, offensive points, that's an oxymoron, right? But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so I just, I, I think Wiggins is going to be needed for the fact that he's just, he's a rebounding, uh, I'd use a different word. I know this is a family show, but uh, he just gets after the rebounds, right? I'm also going to go Looney over seven and a half rebounds. Like, it, it, very interesting, right? Like he didn't start game four and immediately, as soon as Kerr saw that, um, that Porter wasn't fitting the bill, he benched him and brought in Looney. And uh, Looney ended up playing 25 minutes. I think he goes back to Looney. He needs Looney for those rebounds um, to limit those second chance points for uh, for Boston. So I expect him to start over Porter tonight. We'll see. But even if he doesn't, I still like the over seven and a half rebounds for Looney. Rob will. I'm going under seven and a half points and under. I'm going back to the under two and a half uh, blocks and steals. Again, I, I think he, we saw him re-injure that knee. He was taken out with the last few minutes. I know that they've had a, a great deal of downtime because they're traveling to the left coast, but I still don't think Rob Williams is 100%. And last but not least, I'm going Marcus Smart over three and a half rebounds. He averages four or more a game, and he's playing almost 40 minutes, and he's going to be needed as well in the paint, especially if Rob Williams doesn't play 31 minutes. So uh, so those are those are some of my favorite prop bets tonight. Do you have any? Of course, I got a, a few there. I like what you touched on. Um, one I've been riding and I will continue to ride, although a little bit of risk is introduced, especially when uh, he is back home. But Jordan Poole under points, assists, and rebounds. It's at 17 and a half. He's been under this in three or four games this postseason. Um, thinking, again, that Boston defense is going to show up and the matchup is not necessarily great uh, for Jordan Poole. Uh, on the other side, I've been been hammering this. And again, with me thinking Boston's going to win, I like Marcus Smart over 24 and a half points, assists and rebounds. They need big games for Marcus Smart uh, to not only defend against Steph Curry, but to add that third piece offensively, whether it's him, Derek White, someone else, Al Horford alongside Tatum and Jalen Brown. So those are two that I really like. I also like Jason Tatum over, uh, I believe it's 13 and a half rebounds and assists. He's been not necessarily scoring like Steph Curry, 35, 40 points in a game. He's been pretty much in the twenties this entire series, but uh, we've seen him have some uh, big assist game and big rebounding. He, he fills up the box score. Tatum is a complete player. He will, Take what the defense gives him. He will try and find open players. And they're obviously he's obviously the focal point, I should say, of that Golden State defense. So I've been impressed with the all-around game that Tatum has shown us, even though the offense hasn't been super, super, um, you know, robust. He, again, not scoring 35, 40. He's knocking down his threes. He's been struggling inside the three-point line. But uh, I've been impressed with the all-around game and the all-around box score we're getting from Jason Tatum. So I think it's a plus price, too, at uh, over 13 and a half for Tatum, which I believe he's gone over in three of the four games as well. So game five, crucial game five of the series, not enough, but two apiece. Again, whoever wins game five, history shows has better than an 80% chance to win the NBA finals. Um, just uh, going back to who takes that three, two advantage when the series is tied at best of two, nine PM Eastern on ABC, 6 PM Pacific tonight, game five from the Bay. Warriors and the Celtics. We can uh, warm up a little appetizer with some baseball. Um, every game starting kind of uh, in the evening uh, from coast to coast. So anything on the diamond today, Anita, that stands out to you? Yeah, I love the the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks today against the Reds. Uh, Miner's pitching for the Reds. He's 0-2. Uh, 
their their bullpen has been compromised. Uh, they've tapped into that bullpen pretty deep, three of their last four games. And oh, by the way, it is one of the worst, if the not worst bullpen in all of Major League Baseball. <laughs> Meanwhile, for Arizona, they got Kelly on the bump. Um, last time he went up against the Reds, he pitched six innings and only gave up one hit. And uh, and also he's uh, he's pretty great at home with a two six five ERA. So uh, I'm going to play the Diamondbacks on the run line, and that's uh, plus one thirty five. And uh, and also I like the Blue Jays today against the Orioles. The O's uh, they have rookie Bradish who is pitching for them, and uh, his, he's going to have his hands full. He's one and three with a six four five ERA. Um, you know, he uh, doesn't have a lot in his repertoire. It's really just a fastball and, and opponents are pretty much using that as batting practice. So Toronto almost averaging seven runs per game the last two weeks. They know they're way behind the uh, the Yankees. They have to try to play catch up. Not sure if they will catch up to them because the Yankees are just playing unbelievable baseball. Uh, but also they have the best hardball hit rate in Major League Baseball. And the fact that Bradish really doesn't have a lot of pitches in his repertoire other than the fastball. Um, I think they go yard a lot. So uh, again, I'm going to play the blue Jays on the run line and that's minus 135. Also, I'm going to have fun with this and I'm going to play the D the, the, the diamondbacks and the blue Jays both on the money line parlay. And you can get that at plus 127. I like that. Uh, I do like the Blue Jays. Uh, one game that I identified with Alec Manoa on the bump, their ace. He's been really, really good. Goes deep into games. He's seven and one this season. Um, instead of laying that big juice uh, on the money line or um, even that price you got on the run line, I can get Alec Manoa to be credited with a win at minus one twenty three. I usually like that to be a plus bet, but uh, again, the, the Blue Jays are a lot better than the Orioles and Manoa. I'm pretty confident can give at least five innings. Uh, and uh, be in line to earn a victory should his offense provide uh, the requisite support. But that's usually only two or three runs when Manoa is on the bump. And that's the cheapest way to kind of invest in the Blue Jays winning Manoa earning a victory at minus 123. Also, I'm going to look at my Cardinals on the run line, maybe even an alternate line. Um, I think they win big today uh, over the Pittsburgh Pirates coming off a disappointing Sunday loss and uh, a failure to earn a sweep against the Cincinnati Reds. And they have a lefty Zach Thompson making his first ever uh, major league start against a Pittsburgh offense that struggles against left-handed pitching Thompson, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the pirates had the third highest K rate against left-handed pitching the season. Thompson brings good stuff in the mid to uh, upper nineties from the left side Had a 30% K rate uh, in the minor leagues this season and 10 starts. Um, then the Cardinal offense is finally starting to get healthy. Again, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill are back, and they're playing well. Um, this is a, uh, a a pitcher, Mitch Keller, of the uh, Pirates that the Cardinals took on on opening day and roughed him up in a victory. So they've seen him. They've had success against him. Now with Carlson and Nolan Gorman called up and Brendan Donovan playing well, they have those lefties in the lineup that can balance out Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmund, of course, setting the table at the top as a switch hitter. Um, I do think the Cardinals are uh, a poised. As the uh, Pirates are in the middle of a road trip, they uh, got swept by the red-hot Atlanta Braves. Now they travel to St. Louis, and I think they're going to get a Cardinals team that's um, a little irked that they did not earn a sweep against the lowly Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. Let one get away. So a focused effort with a lefty on the bump that's been promising in their organization against a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates team that has struggled against lefty this season. So I'll, I'll, I'll lay it on the run line, which I think is plus 105. If you want to lay two and a half runs for the Cardinals, I think it's plus 160. Um, but bottom line is I think they, uh, they have a good uh, effort tonight at home against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
All right. I think that will do it for uh, our Monday edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Real deep into game five. Of course, that is the uh, biggest um, biggest uh, matchup on the sports marquee tonight. It is U.S. Open Golf Week, so we will be talking about that um, uh, upcoming here on the podcast. No Daily Wager today um, due to the uh, game five of the finals. So uh, you will not see Daily Wager on our airways. Anita and I, though, will be bringing you bets on our digital platforms, youtube.com forward slash ESPN Sports Betting, on Twitter, on Facebook as well. Uh, the Bet Show uh, will uh, air live at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and then uh, be uh, available at your leisure on demand on those platforms. So make sure you tune into that as we'll dive into further analysis of game five and get some uh, boots on the ground analysis and uh, insight from Kendra Andrews and Tim Bontem. So looking forward to that with Anita later today. Hope you enjoyed the Monday edition of the daily wager podcast. Hope you get your wagering week off to a great start. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. <laughs>